0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, January the 3rd, 2023. It is currently 1128 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Heresy! Heresy! heretic what comes to your mind when you hear the word heresy or heretic well, what 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 immediately comes to your mind well typically if you hear the word heresy you're thinking something that is false something that is wrong some something some kind of teaching or doctrine or preaching that is heresy that is heretical that is wrong. If we were to look up the definition of the word heresy, if we were to look up the word heresy, we would find this definition, heresy. Belief or opinion contrary to Orthodox religious uh, religious teaching or religious idea, especially Christian. So typically heresy seems to be very much connected with, the, with Christ, the Christian world. And it's anything that departs from orthodox Christian teaching or what we would say, I think a better way of placing it, I think this is the way we would understand it. Anything that departs from biblical teaching, the Bible is the standard. Anything that departs from biblical teaching is heretical. It is heresy. Now, there are some who spend their time trying to run around declaring who is a heresy, a heretic who is who has preached heresy, who has, who hasn't. And I think a lot of times Christians love, some almost find it a hobby to run around trying to find the heresy so that they can condemn it. And I understand it's easy to fall into that trap, but it is important to, when heresy is taught, when heresy is preached, it is important to identify it and to explain why it's heretical. And then, teach the correct teaching uh, uh, and p- uh, to so people can hear the correct teaching in opposition to the heretical teaching, right? It's important to go see that teaching right there. It's heretical. Now I can sit here and just yell and scream about it, but now I'm going to spend an hour giving you the correct teaching. And I think we need to do that within Christianity. But I also know that some people are really quick to declare something heretical. And maybe in many cases, I think They don't even know for sure if it is or isn't. They just disagree with it. So let's make sure we understand that just because we uh, disagree with something may not necessarily make it heretical. If we can, if we disagree with it because we believe it's clearly not biblical and then we can demonstrate that it's not biblical, then that's, that's a different story. But, but heresy is, I think I, I should definitely say this. Heresy is important enough to be identified and to be called out because it is dangerous. it has. Eternal implications, right? If you have a heretical or uh, if you have a, a heretical gospel, that's not going to save. If you have a heretical understanding of Jesus, that's not going to save. If you have a heretical understanding of salvation, in other words, that, that has eternal consequences. So it, it can't we can't view it as just like a, a hobby, a game of just calling out heresy that, that it has a, eternal implications for real people. So we have to call it out in order to protect people. But then we want to put in its place a correct biblical teaching because just calling it out is of no value if you don't also establish correct biblical teaching and try to help people get the correct biblical teaching. Because if all you do is call out that heresy, they will just go from one heresy to another heresy. They have to be grounded in the word of God. But why am I talking about heresy on this Tuesday, January the 3rd? Because, well... There's a news article declaring a sermon that was preached in the month of December 2022 as being possibly heretical. Here is the headline, and I'm only going to give you the headline. Here is the headline. This was published on December the 28th, 2022 at 8.27 a.m. And I think this was taken from, let's see here, this was taken from an article If I can find, if I can find the original, do I have a link to the original article? The original article was published on December the 27th. So the original article was published on December the 27th. Then it was picked up by a different site and published on December the 28th. And there may be some variations in the story, but I'll read you the headline. I'm just going to read you the headline. Here's the first, here's the first headline the one that was published on December the 27th. Blasphemous! Exclamation mark. Blasphemous. Jesse DePlantis' Christmas sermon draws accusations of heresy. So now we have supposedly in this sermon, he says something or teaches something that is blasphemous and heretical. Right now, if you go to the article that was published on December the 28th, They give the same headline, Blasphemous Jesse DePlantis Christmas Sermon Draws Accusations of Heresy. So was it it blasphemous? Was it heretical? Was there heresy in the sermon? Well, here's what I have done. I, I I saw the two stories. And once I saw the two stories, I was like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. All right, so there's an accusation of heresy. Someone is being condemned and of this now, and let me make this very, I look, this is not maybe my main emphasis here, but I'm going to spend a lot of time on this right here at the beginning, because I, there is something within the Christian social media world that bothers me greatly. All right. And I've talked about this before. So I'm, I'm, cause I want you to understand why I am doing this. All right. So listen to me carefully. There is a game and I call it a game. I think it's an ungodly, unholy, childish, pathetic game played in the Christian social media world. And I think all Christians need to stop participating in the game, condemn the game because it's wrong. And here's what they do. Someone will take a clip from a sermon. I, I always see it being Stephen Furtick from what Elevation Church. It seems to always be him, but they'll take some clip from some pastor. Maybe it's two minutes, maybe it's three minutes. They will post it there on the internet. And then immediately everyone will just start piling on, oh, this is garbage. If he spent more time studying the Bible than he does on his wardrobe and look at those clothes, look at the shoes he's wearing, who picked his outfit? Did his mom not dress? And everyone just starts all of these just degrading, attacking comments. And it's just one attack, 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 attack based off a two or three minute minute sermon clip. And whenever I see that, it, it ticks me up. It doesn't tick me up. Look, and it can be a, a pastor that I completely disagree with. It can be a pastor who, whose teaching, I think, is completely heretical. But when I see that, I don't get mad at the, the, the preacher. I get mad at the people doing that. It's like, so you have nothing better to do than to hop on social media and because of a two- or three-minute sermon clip, in many cases, the people start piling on, and it has nothing to do with the actual sermon. They attack the person's look, the person's hair, the person's clothing. And they're doing this in the name of Jesus. It is pathetic, it is disgusting, and it needs to stop. And when you see Christians doing that, you need to call them out. You need because it's it's wrong. So I can't stand that. I can't stand that in any way, shape, or form. There's nothing godly about it. There's nothing God, there's nothing glorifying, and the world watches that, and it just, it's just, it's horrific. And, and you know what I'm talking about. You've seen it. My view is this. If I believe the sermon that was preached was heretical, blasphemous, or wrong, then what I am going to do is not post a two or three minute clip of it. You post the entire sermon. So that the preacher can be heard in their own words, because you can take a two three a two to three minute clip out of pretty much any sermon and sometimes make a pastor seem like they're crazy they're they're heretical they're because you don't at any point in a sermon you may be trying to make a point who knows i mean at, at, you take. Two or three minutes out of any of my sermons or any of my podcasts, you can make me sound completely insane. I mean, I may be insane, but it would really come across even worse than I that I normally do. So, I always believe that a pastor, no matter no matter how much I agree or disagree with them, I, I'm telling you, it can be. You know how much I despise charismatic theology. It can be a, a, a full blown charismatic pastor. Who I totally disagree with. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I am always going to listen to the entire sermon. And I always try to give them the benefit of the doubt that the accusations being made are not fair. I want them to be heard. So when the sermon is over, they they, in other words, they had an entire 40 minutes, an hour, ever how long they preach, to make their point. To, to whether, maybe maybe they end up proving how heretical they are. Maybe they prove they're not near as heretical as people are claiming them to be. But I, I have seen this so many times where a two or three minute clip was played. Everyone's making these accusations. And then I go find a sermon. I listen and then you put it in context. And then you want to go back and tell everyone, all your accusations are garbage. Because if you were to listen to what he said next, it completely changes the understanding of that statement. Why wouldn't Christians be the first one to always try to give a a fellow professing Christian the benefit of the doubt? So when I see a a news article like this, like sermon is blasphemous, I immediately I don't I don't want to read the article. I don't read the article. I go find the sermon. I'm going to listen to the sermon first, then I will go back and read the article to see what they're saying. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're they're not. But I want the pastor to be heard. So in this particular case, as much as I am not a fan of Jesse Duplantis and his teaching in any way, shape, or form, if there's news articles out there claiming he preached a blasphemous, heretical sermon, well then guess what? We're going to listen to the entire sermon and we're going to review it in real time, and then we will draw the conclusion. Now, I don't like the fact that we're already given kind of we're already we've already been poisoned, right? We've already been told that the sermon is blasphemous. We've already been told that the sermon is being accused of being heretical. But I, 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 I'm going to do my best to set that aside and to listen to it carefully. So let me go back down here. So let me go back to the original headline again. The original headline is blasphemous. Jesse DePlantis Christmas sermon draws accusations of heresy. And then the the second article picked up the exact same headline. I believe it's, I, I believe it's identical. Let me go back to the top here blasphemous Jesse DePlanta's Christmas sermon draws accusations of heresy. And what's interesting, it looks like both articles was written by the same person. So I don't know if the person wrote, I don't know how this how the article went from one source to another source, but it's in two different places, all about the sermon that Jesse DePlantis supposedly preached, and it's his Christmas sermon, All right. So I went and found the sermon, and we're going to work through it. Now, I'm going to do my best to set aside, oh, this is going to be blasphemous. I'm going to try to set aside, oh, this is going to be heretical. And we're just going to listen to it because I want him to be heard in his own words. Now, if he proves himself to be heretical in his own words, that's not on me. That's not on you. That's on him. But But if his own words proves that he's not what he's being accused of, then that falls on the people who wrote these articles. You say, well, do you have a do you have a sense? I don't know because I didn't read the article. I don't know what the accusation is. I I did not. I just like wait, wait, wait. wait when was the sermon? Found the sermon, and I I think I have the right sermon according to this article. The uh the gov- uh, the sermon is called the gift that Jesus gave to His Father, which was published to social media on December the twenty sixth. So I th- I have the right sermon. I have now. I've taken the audio. I've taken the the audio from the video, and then I amplified it to make sure that it sounds as as loud as we need it to sound so that we can hear everything properly, and we're just going to listen. Now, I don't know how many parts this is going to take. It's only a 20, probably about a 26-minute sermon, so maybe we'll be able to finish the review. If we finish the review in this episode, then what we will do... Is I'll leave you like I'll just say okay. There's the there's the review of the sermon. Okay, what did you think? And then we'll do a, a special episode or an additional episode. Nothing special about it. Where then we'll go through the news article and see what their claims are. But I don't want you say you. I know you're saying you should start with the news article. No, I shouldn't. Because then that poisons us, right? See, so I don't want my—I don't want to be poisoned going into the sermon. That's why I never, in any of our sermon reviews, I don't listen to the sermons first, right? Because I want—I want it to be like real people sitting down, just listening to a sermon, trying to figure out what's being said. I don't want to come into it like, "Hey, this is trash," and I'm going to show you. No, 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 that's no fun. I just like listening to sermons to see how people handle the Word of God. So I have my Bible. I got paper. I have a pencil. Don't know if you can hear that. And we're ready to go. All right? I hope you have a Bible. I hope you're ready to go. Some of you may far may be far better equipped and prepared to interpret a Jesse Duplantis sermon. I'm by no means an expert on his teaching. Don't I don't want to be an expert on his teaching because clearly I disagree with it. So I am going into this one somewhat with a bias and I don't like that, but I'm going to try to set aside my bias. I'm going to try to be fair. And we're going to try to determine if the accusations that this sermon is blasphemous, that this sermon is heretical, are they true or false and guess what? We're going to let Jesse DePlantis say not people who wrote a news article. Is that fair? I think that's fair. All right. Here we go. Thinking cabs on. All right. Let's listen and see what happens. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jesse DePlantis. And I'm
1: Kathy DePlantis. And, and together, yes, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. What a
2: blessing to <laughs> God it is. We got a sermon that you're going to really enjoy entitled yes. The Gift. That Jesus gave to his father. Uh You know, Jesus is a giver. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you are a gift that Jesus gave to his dad. You are
0: Jesus' gift. Yes. You are the very desire of God. The. Okay, we got to slow down here. This is going by fast here. All right. We may not think this is anything significant. Let's listen to this again. All right. So we are the gift. We are the gift. That Jesus. Gives to the Father. Now I would just ask biblically: Are we the gift Jesus gives to the Father? Or are we what G- God gives to Jesus? W- what's the biblical teaching? I- I- I'm just going to throw you out there with that theological question: Are we the gift Jesus gives to the Father? Or are we given like how does that work biblically? Or does the Father give us to the Son? How how does this work? Right. Let's listen to what he says again. All right, here we go. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jesse Duplantis. And I'm
1: Kathy Duplantis. And, and together, yes, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. What a
2: blessing to <laughs> God it is. We got a sermon that you're going to really enjoy yes. entitled The Gift. That Jesus gave to his father. Uh-huh. You know, Jesus is a giver. Praise oh, God. That's Hallelujah. Right. And you are a gift that Jesus gave to his dad. That's you right. are Jesus' gift. Yes. You are the very desire of God the Father's heart. Yeah,
1: well, that makes yeah. me so happy oh, when it I think does. about that. And the fact that we're spreading the joy of Jesus all over the world today Amen. because of Christmas.
2: The joy of the Lord is our strength. So let's go into this wonderful message: the gift that Jesus gave to his father. And remember.
0: It's us. So watch this. Be blessed. my. All right. So we're the gift. This is the claim. Seems the thesis of the sermon is that it's Christmas time. We give gifts. And I, you, me, we, we're the gift that Jesus gives to the Father. So that's the thesis. Now, I, I, I am always amazed. I, I wish, I, I don't know how preachers do it, but I, I know this is common. Hey, we got this wonderful message. I preached this amazing message. It's like, I I, I can never do that. I'm always like, well, I, I preached a sermon on Sunday and it was trash, but uh, here it is, right? I, I don't know how I wish, I, sometimes I wish I could say, man, that was a great sermon. I preached an amazing sermon. I can't wait till you hear it, right? And then have someone going, yes, it was wonderful. I, 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 I just, oh. I'm never happy with anything. I just did a live broadcast just a few minutes ago. I would never tell anyone, go listen to it. It was amazing. Now, sometimes I will say, go listen to it because it was very important because I do believe what I talked about was important, but I, I never say that it was good or wonderful or marvelous or amazing because I always, i always think it's trash. I don't know. Now that doesn't make me humble I'm not, by no means. I'm not, and I'm not saying that makes him pr- prideful. I'm not making a judgment. Just it's I find it funny how some can hype up their messages where I <laughs> I I I'm just I'm usually embarrassed by them. But okay, that I digress. Not that you care either way, but it's just whenever I hear that. So here we go. Here's the sermon. So remember, the thesis is here's the thesis. We are the gift that Jesus gives to the Father. So we're talking Christmas and gift time. So let's see how he builds this sermon. Lord, shout! You are a good gift. Today,
2: I, I was uh, well. Actually, last week I was thinking about it, and the Lord said,
0: "I want you to preach that December partner letter." Yes. Oh boy! Okay, so <laughs> all right, we're already off into charismatic world. God told him something. Oh boy! Here we go. The never-ending. Oh, uh, I'm so tired of all the nonsense. I look just so that you know, my th- I, I, look. I'm going to be transparent. I reject it. God doesn't speak to us in any other way, other than right here, the scriptures. If God is speaking to me outside of this, it leads to spiritual anarchy and chaos. And I know pastors love to play this. To me, this is a it's, this is a trick of psychological manipulation. If I get ready to stand behind the pulpit and say, God told me to preach this, God gave me the sermon, then how can you challenge it? How can you question it? God gave me the sermon. And that's just such, oh, I, I can't stand it. So let me back this up. I'm going to turn that up a little bit. I'm going to turn the volume up. I don't, know, I don't want to make it too loud, but I want to make sure we can hear everything carefully. So I'm going to back this up just a little bit because of what God supposedly told him. This week I was thinking about it,
2: and the Lord said, I want you to preach that December partner letter. Now, when the Lord tells me to do something, I'm going to do what he said. But I can't do it unless I'm dressed properly. So,
0: just watch what's going to happen here. All right, so God told him to do something. All right, God told him to do something. I don't, I can't exactly hear what God told him to do. Let me read that. Did God tell him to preach wearing something? I guess God told him to wear a certain thing. When he I'm going to back this up a little bit. Here we go.
2: Gift. Today, I I was, uh, well, actually, last week I was thinking about it, and the Lord said, I want you to preach that December partner letter. Now, when the Lord told me to do something, I'm going to do what he said. But I can't do it unless I'm dressed properly. So just watch what's going to happen here. Maybe me look good there, Christine. I need all the help I can get. You think I'm a window pageant? <laughs> uh, fix it, later. do it right.
0: This is uh, Kathy's sister, Christine. Hallelujah. Okay, so he's putting on like it looks like um, like a bow you would put on a present. I think is what he's putting on. I've seen a picture of it. Let me go back if I can find. I'm gonna look at the picture and see if I can describe it. Yeah, it's like a big red bow, almost that he's wearing. He's wearing. And you can see why he's going to wear the bow because see, he's the gift that Jesus gave to the father. Right. So so he's carrying this idea. I still don't know exactly what G what God supposedly told him to do to preach him. I, I don't know what exactly what he said there. I wasn't able to make it out. Maybe it's his accent. I don't know. Maybe he didn't enunciate. I, I don't know exactly what God told him. But God told him something. And it's just so funny how you, God told you, you if, if God told me something, I would be telling you, open up your Bibles into the back and write this down because these are the words of God. But I, I, it doesn't work that way in charismatic world because God's just talking 24 hours a day seven days a week to everyone. And even though he says one thing to one person, he says something to another person that's contradictory, but charismatics never bothered to take anything logical conclusions. And I don't mean to be mean, but you know, I despise charismatic theology with everything within me. And I don't apologize for that because I believe charismatic theology is a cancer in the world of Christianity. And it's done more damage than I can ever even begin to To articulate. And I'm not saying that as someone saying that I'm better or more godly than anyone because I'm a bigger sinner than many charismatics, but their theology is horrific, horrible, and damaging. All right. So, but I, so God said something. He passed by that really quick. And then it turns on, he's putting on a a, a, like a bow because this is the thesis of the sermon. We are the gift that Jesus gives to the Father. Let's see how this all unfolds.
2: Thank you. Well, why are you doing this? I'm a gift. Yes, you
0: are. Yes, you are. I want to talk about
2: the gift.
0: That... Now, I wish I could say I'm a gift and everybody in my church would be like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> okay. Uh, but no, no. People would be like, "Nope, you're not. You're not. You're not a gift. You're not. You're a burden. You're troublesome. You're bothersome. Okay. But all right. Okay. But here we go
2: jesus gave to his father Amen. in the end to his father that jesus gave to his gift. Yeah. I, i'm gonna back to, i'm back in this up. i want to talk about the gift that jesus gave to his father Amen. in the end in times of the past when god the father god the son and god the holy ghost were in solitude because there was nothing but them the father had a thought. He had started creating angels and seraphims and cherubims and archangels and the wheel within the wheel and the wonderful, wonderful things that he did. He created this place called heaven. I call it planet heaven, where the throne would be in the center. Paradise would be around the throne. The new Jerusalem would be actually around the throne in paradise around the new Jerusalem, but God is such a God of love because he created many, many servants. And he decided to make us. So they had a business meeting, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy ghost. And the father said,
0: I'm create a species called man. Okay. Now this is where, this is the stuff that just frightens me. And this is where I think it gets blasphemous. When you just start putting, when you start creating a fake made up scenario, right? Like you're writing a fictitious novel of what God was doing and what God was saying and what God was thinking, that is blasphemous because you're putting thoughts, words, and actions in, uh, upon God. That is not recorded. If you have something in scripture that says God said it, thought it, then okay. If you don't, be quiet. It's this just the way it should work. Either scripture is the authority or your imagination is the authority, and our imaginations is not the authority. Preachers fall into this trap all the time, and we don't know we don't necessarily do it with God, but you'll hear preachers saying, God was probably thinking this or God probably said. Stop doing that. We we can't do that. I've been guilty of it to probably some level, and we we have to we have to stop ourselves. Remember, the key of preaching is not to create an entertaining story that's riveting, fun, and keeps people spellbound. The goal of preaching is to take the text, deal with the text, so that people understand it. That's what we're what's what we are to do. All right. So, so he's he's, and when he says God had a thought, it's almost like God came up with something. God is okay. There's so many issues here. We're just going to let this unfold instead of trying to nitpick every single thing. When I say nitpick, I'm not saying that these things are not significant, but I'm going to let him at least breathe to see where he takes this, and then we'll try to deal with the major issues. I'll back this up a little bit. I'm sorry for a second ago I was backing it up while uh, it was still trying to play. All right, here we go. It's easy to pause it and then back it up. It's more professional to do it that way, but I'm going to back this up just a little bit. All right, here we go. The
2: father had a thought. He had started creating angels and serapins and cherubins and archangels and the wheel within the wheel and the wonderful, wonderful things that he did. He created this place called heaven. I call it planet heaven, where the throne would be in
0: the center. Ain't that weird to call heaven a planet? Ain't that kind of weird? Why would he call heaven a planet? That's that's making me really nervous. Is that giving you kind of Mormonism vibes? Like, what is that? Like, heaven is a planet? That that are you are you saying that there, there's an actual planet in heaven? Where there's an actual pla- a planet in space called heaven? Like, I I don't know. That seems to really turn heaven into a very materialistic kind of concept. I, I don't know. That That's making me a little, little nervous. I don't know if that's standard kind of language used in this kind of theological circle, but I'm a little like, what in the world is happening here? I, like, I don't know. But let's, let's, um, let's I, I just got to let this, I got to let this play out is what I got to do. I got to let this, I got to let this flesh itself out because I don't know exactly what is going on. But here we go.
2: Paradise would be around the throne. The new Jerusalem would be actually around the throne in paradise around the new Jerusalem. But God is such
0: a God of love. Don't know if I exactly understand that. You have a planet called heaven. There's a throne. Um, Okay, good. Uh, someone says they have a, they have guesses on the planet thing. Okay, good, because I I have no clue. I don't know what in the world he's talking about. But all right, so it's this weird. He I guess he has kind of a diagram in his mind of what this look. There's a planet called Heaven. There's a throne. There's paradise. There's New Jerusalem. All right, and he he's got it all organized. That which is around which thing. Okay, all right. Let's see where this goes. I don't know if he's going to spend more time on the planet, but I, that planet language just is odd to me because he
2: created many, many servants. He decided to make us.
0: So they had a business. See, that always makes me, he decided, he decided, like he came up with the idea. Or God always had the idea. I mean, He's all knowing, right? So if He's all knowing, didn't He already always know He was going to make us? Or Are you saying He didn't know something, and then all of a sudden, like, boom, I got an idea. Let's make some people. Is that is that like? D- this gets very close to calling into question the the omniscience of God that He's uh, omni- that He's omniscient that He knows all things. And so I'm I'm a little nervous here, but okay, let's let's continue this meeting. God the
2: Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. And the Father said, I'm going to create a species called man. I'm going to create him in our image and in our likeness. And I'm going to give him the same dominion that I have.
0: Ooh, the same dominion I have? The same dominion? Uh, okay. I see that the thing with dealing with some of these, especially at least for me, sometimes dealing with the charismatic world, it's always maddening, at least from my perspective. It's all use terminology or use a word and you have to go, kind okay, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Bible does talk about them having dominion, right? but you've thrown in the word same dominion as God. Okay. Uh. Okay, someone says, see, that's what I was thinking. We have dominion over our earth type thing. Okay, so yeah, so maybe, see, this person has a better understanding of this. I just hear that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Same dominion. Like, what are you talking about? They didn't have the same, they can't, they could not have the same dominion as God. Because God was the one making the rules that they had to follow. So they weren't in complete dominion. God was still in dominion, even over them, because he says, do this, don't do this. He's already giving them rules and establishing them. So they can't have the same dominion as God, or they're saying he has to say because they're not the ones making the rules on how things work on the er the earth. Uh. Okay, that's interesting. Someone said, and maybe the heaven planet is God's dominion. Maybe, but it just seems like that that would ignore that on earth, God's dominion is still shown because he's telling Adam and Eve what they are to do and can't do. So showing his dominion, it was present here as well. So I don't know what they mean by giving Adam and Eve the same dominion. It's like I need I need a dic- dictionary when they say these things like, what in the world are you talking about? So I can just look it up. But all right, let, let's see where this goes. Uh, I, I keep cutting him off short. So I got to let this breathe a little bit and see if we can get an idea of where this is going because I'm – I'm 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 very concerned, but, but and maybe I'm maybe I'm being extra concerned because I know that the news articles have already accused this sermon of being blasphemous and heretical. So maybe I'm not being fair. So I'm going to try to let this breathe a little bit. Let's see where we how far we can make it.
2: So he can act like me, talk like me, smell like me, be like
0: me. Yes, God. Ooh, okay. I said I was going to let it breathe. All right, so God gave us dominion so we could be like him, talk like him. I'm going to back that up. i got to make sure all the things that we supposedly can do. All right, because if, if, that, if that was God's plan, it didn't last very long. All right, and, which, and it's still not happening because, well, we still sin. So he could act like me, talk like
2: me, smell like me, be like me. Be
0: like me. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I'm kidding. Oh, boy. Okay. Yes, God. Thank you.
2: And I'm not going to make him a servant, but he will serve. I'm going to make him sons and daughters. I'm putting them in the family. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and you. you.
0: See, as a family. I do understand we are adopted in, into the "quote unquote" family of God, but He just kind of placed us right there in the Trinity: the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and you. Oh, that's that's. Oh, man, I, okay, okay, mm, all right. I, I don't want to make any judgments yet. I, I want, I want, to, I want to give Him the opportunity to to speak for Himself.
2: But something's going to happen because I want to give them something called free will. I want to know if they'll really love me.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. no. I'm going to give them free will because he wants to know. This is literally destroying God's omniscience. This is destroying that God is all knowing. This literally, this is going open theism kind of way. God is sitting there going, I'm going to give them free will because I need to know. God already knew what was going. What do you mean he needed to know? He already knew. And let's make this very clear. If anyone had free will, let's just make sure we understand this because obviously I come from a reformed perspective. So this Pelagian, semi-Pelagian, Arminian free will, libertarian free will concept, I have serious issues with it, but let me just help it make it very clear because I like to simplify this two people had free will. That was Adam and Eve. Why did they have free will? Because they did not have a sinful nature. After they sin, every person born is born with a depraved nature and that will is impacted by that depraved nature, meaning the will cannot be free because it's impacted by the sinful nature. Therefore, it can't be free unless you're believing depravity doesn't impact the will. And if depravity doesn't impact the will, then you, without salvation, without anything, could just will yourself to be basically sinless. You don't need anything. That was Pelagian. And if you study Pelagian, uh, uh, Pelagius and and Pelagianism, that was basically his concept. There can be perfect people without salvation because the will is not impacted in any way, shape, or form by depravity because we're not depraved. This is, so this sermon is is fast approaching Open theism completely rejecting God's omniscience, and then it's getting really close to possibly leading us to a full-blown Pelagian idea. So we have Pelagianism and open theism, and we're uh, three minutes and 56 seconds into the sermon, and we have some other issues going on that I don't even know what's happening. We're We're going off a, a checklist of all the heretical things you can throw out in a sermon. All right, here we go.
2: And you don't really know that unless someone has the ability to reject you. See, they have to freely love you. And as the meeting was going on, the Father revealed to the Son, Jesus, and to the Holy Spirit, the pureness of who God is.
0: Wait, so the Son and the Holy Spirit didn't know? I am getting what is happening here. What is happening here? Okay, I, I what have I stumbled upon on this January the 3rd? I may regret that I've ever stumbled upon this. So, what? So, okay, I got to listen to that again. The father revealed to these other two that this is some strange trinity. I don't know what we're getting into here. All right, let's try this again to
2: the holy spirit
0: going to back that up a little a little bit further okay here we go
2: as the meeting was going on the father revealed to the son jesus and to the holy spirit the appearance of who god is he
0: he revealed what to the son and the holy spirit he revealed to them who god is what is going on <laughs> okay, okay okay I uh, I'm I, I'm a little bit baffled here I'm a little bit baffled I'm a little bit taken back here all right oh I'm trying not to stop it like every three seconds but every three seconds he's saying something that I'm like what is happening say they're gonna mess up they're gonna sin. Okay, good, good. So now he seems to imply that God knows they're going to sin. So if he already knows they're going to sin, then why were you saying he had to give him free will to find out? He already knew. So I, all right. Now we're getting a little bit of the Christian doublespeak going on. And you know,
2: Jesus, I can't touch sin. Sins can never be a part of me. And the Holy Spirit spoke up and said, neither can I. But I love these people. Because they are the gift of my heart. And Jesus took over the meeting. And said, Lord,
0: send me. Please note that this is all just fictitious. This is all just made up. But this is just this is nothing, this, this is just straight up a part of his imagination that he, I mean, you just as well hop on Netflix today and just watch some movies because this is about as made up as that. This, this, this supposed business meeting, none of this happened the way he's just, de- there's no biblical proof that this happened anyway. Like he's describing, I could just make up my own fictitious business meeting. Hey, I'm going to have this person named Jesse DePlantis preach because, and he's going to preach heresy and I'm going to find out if the people can detect it or not. Like I could just create my own business meeting about why Jesse DePlantis ever became a preacher, right? I mean, I mean, couldn't I do that? I mean, I mean, at this point we can just make up anything.
2: I would die for these people because you see, redemption was not an idle thought. It was before the foundations
0: of the earth. So wait a minute. So God was like, hey, these people are going to sin, and I can't have anything to do with them. And so then Jesus was like, hey, 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 I've got the plan. Wait, so God the Father didn't know the plan of Jesus? Jesus came up with the plan? Like, how how is this working here? Because aren't all—one if God, co-equal, right? They are all— omniscient. So, how, so the father didn't know Jesus came up with the plan because the, oh man, this is some crazy stuff. And I will bring them to you because
2: for all eternity upon eternities, I have just been waiting to give you something father. And I just found out what it is.
0: So for all eternity, Jesus was sitting there going, I want to give the father something. I want to give the father something. I want to give the, oh, I don't, I now I know what it is. I'm finally found the perfect gift. God, the father, I've been looking for the perfect gift. But since there's nothing but us, I couldn't come up with the perfect gift. But now that you created people, I found the perfect gift. I'm going to give your creation back to you because you created this creation in such a way that they could go against you. But I'm going to bring them all back. Well, some of them back to well, I mean, I'm going to try to bring. I, I don't know how this supposedly works.
2: You sent me for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But I'm going to turn this thing
0: around and I'm going to. All right, someone just made a great point. This is a great example of exegesis by vision. If he would give any verses, but visions and words from God don't require a correlating text, right? He doesn't, he, he's just making all of this up. He's just making all of this up. It's just, I, man, this this is crazy. This is some crazy stuff. All right. Okay, let's. I don't even really know. Like, I want to be able to say something rather profound at this point, but I don't have anything rather profound to say other than what in the name of bubblegum am I listening to? But okay, here we go. I'll give every person
2: back to you
0: as my gift to you for being my father. All right, so I'm going to give you every person back to you as a gift for you being my father. So Jesus is sitting there going, "Yeah, I've, I've wanted to give you a, like, this is so crazy. Like, what do we even do with this? So Jesus was like, I've been looking for the gift. And now I, I, just because you're my father, I want to give you a gift. I just want to give you a gift. Like, because Jesus, I, man, I, I, ladies and gentlemen, what has happened? I do not know.
2: So when you get born again,
0: you're a baby
2: Christian. And Jesus takes you upstairs and says, Father, what do you think? Do you like them? them?" And Father says, wow, they look just like you, Jesus. Well, you made us, them in our image and our likeness. I want to talk about the gift. That Jesus gave. You are the gift. So when someone tells you. You're not worthy. Put on your bow. Amen. Put on your sash. And say I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the gift. That Jesus gave
0: to his father. And they. St- I'm the righteousness of God. What? <laughs> Okay, man, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I don't know. Okay. Still proclaiming it across the universe of universes.
2: Now we know there's possibly multiple universes. And yet God Almighty flung them with his hands. The galaxies, the stars, the moons. But he kept us. And he gave a message called the gospel of grace to the apostle Paul. And he said, through this grace, they'll all come to the knowledge of who I am because I don't lose, lose, gifts, but I want to wrap them real well. I want them to be blessed in the city, blessed in the field.
0: Someone just said, understand in this area of Christianity, the way we are described is almost as a mini Jesus as if the Holy Spirit indwelling us is the same. As if we are many incarnations. Yeah, that's. I feel that this is where this is is kind of going. Uh, this is this is where I'm kind of going, and I'm trying to follow. Um, I'm tr- I'm thinking of a passage of scripture that I think goes completely against this, uh, yeah, I'm going to, it's in the gospel of John. I'm going to, I'm going to find it here in a minute, but, uh, yeah, th- this just seems to be, ta- I think it's taking some biblical teaching and turning it completely upside down and, and, and I'll, I'll look for it here in a second, but let, let, we'll continue to review and then we'll, we'll look for this. I've got, I've got my Bible open and I'm almost positive. I know where it is. It just may take me a second to find it, but let's continue listening.
2: Bless going in and blessed going out. I want them to understand the Genesis plan. To be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish, and to subdue. I want them to understand the power of dominion. And I'll give them something they never thought they could have, which is Christ in them, the hope of glory. In other words, not on them or around them like I did with the angels. But I'm going to put my name in them. And all heaven shouted because you see his name is in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's why it's called, uh, we call Christians or Christmas. So if you're taking notes, write this down. We are the desire of God's heart because we are Jesus's gift. Think about that. Next time you look in the mirror and you don't like the way you look, Look through the eyes of Christ.
0: Okay. Now, this this is what I was referring to. Because he's making this that the Son gives us to the Father. I'm just going to read one verse, at least to throw this out there. And, and again, I'm going to let him give, I'm going to give him every opportunity to try to articulate this. But I, I just, this is the verse that came to my mind. All that the Father giveth me, shall come to me and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out that's John 637 all that the father giveth me shall come to me he's flipping it around saying no 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 the son gives us to the father but this seems to indicate that the the father gives us to the son all right if we that's John uh, uh 637 and then it says uh John six. Uh, that's John six thirty seven. John six thirty. Let's see. Uh, John six thirty nine. This is the will of Him who sent me. That all that He has given me, I will lose nothing. All right. So I, I like. I think there's plenty of verses. I think if you go through the gospel of John, look at how many times it seems to say that the father gives us to the son and he's flipping this around. I just want to at least throw out the, the other verses idea. We we, will, we've got to flesh this out a little bit, but I'm going to let him do his part. And then we will see. That's why I said that this is, I'm going to try to finish the review. I don't know if I can finish the review because we're already fast approaching an hour. Um, But I'm going to see if we can get close to finishing the review, and then we can do additional messages trying to flesh this out a little bit. And remember, we want to expose the heresy, but we have to then put in its place proper teaching. Like sometimes just doing being heresy uh, hunters, pointing out everyone's heresy. No, we've got to also establish right doctrine and right uh, hermeneutical skills so that people can be equipped so they won't be tossed to and fro with all of this kind of stuff. But all right, let's, let's see where this goes.
2: Because Jesus has never given his father a bad gift. You see, because you're completely covered with that grace of God that's on you. And all that you've ever done has been washed away by the blood of the lamb. And this all happened before mankind was created, a lamb led to the slaughter before the foundations of the earth. That's Revelations 13, verse 8. So when you understand, then you'll understand the book of Isaiah, chapter 9. I want to read verse 6. For unto us, Isaiah 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Yet the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 1 says, Be ye therefore imitators of God as dear children. So when I look at Isaiah 9 6, where is the government now? It's on us. The government of the world is on mankind. And because we're made in God's image and in God's likeness, you can call us wonderful. Counselor.
0: What just happened? He just turned Isaiah 9, 6 into a verse about us? Woo. okay all right I just got chills I, I I have chills up and down my body right now what just happened okay I gotta back this up ladies and gentlemen okay I am not trying to be over dramatic here but I do not know what just occurred I I do not know what just occurred okay I'm gonna back this up this what just happened okay? All right. We got to back this all up. We, I, 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 okay. Am I the only one? Am I the only one out there (laughs) that's having a a possible emotional breakdown right here? Like, I don't understand what just happened. Okay. All right. Let's try this again. All right. Maybe maybe I'm misunderstanding. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to take a deep breath here. Maybe I'm misunderstanding. Maybe, maybe, I, I am the, I'm willing to admit that when it comes to the charismatic world, they say things and I'm constantly looking at it like, like a calf looking at a new gate. I don't know what in the world that is. I'm like, what is, ha- what are you doing over there? Like, it's a foreign alien world to me. I am the, I am willing to admit that sometimes I may hear something charismatic say and may not, and may jump to a conclusion that's incorrect. All right. Right. Uh, Okay, well, one of the people listening is not very shocked. They're not shocked by this. I'm having a hard time breathing right now. They just took Isaiah 9, 6 and made it about us and not Jesus. I am having a hard time with this. All right, but I want to make sure I heard this correctly. All right, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's listen to this again. All right, here we go for imitators of God as dear children all right we're gonna back this up further we gotta go we gotta go all the way back I, I don't care how long this takes we're gonna we're gonna get this right we're gonna I'm gonna make sure we hear this in its context because I don't want to think I don't want anyone to accuse me that I am taking this out of context all right I don't want anyone to accuse me of that all right here we go here we go look
2: look through the eyes of Christ because Jesus has never given his father a bad gift. You see, because you're completely covered with that grace of God that's on you. And all that you've ever done has been washed away by the blood of the lamb. And this all happened before mankind was created. A lamb led to the slaughter before the foundations of the earth. That's Revelation 13, verse eight. So when you understand, then you'll understand the book of Isaiah chapter 9. I want to read verse 6. For unto us, Isaiah 9 verse 6, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Yet the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 1 says, Be ye therefore imitators of God as dear children. So, when I look at Isaiah 9, 6, where is the government now? It's on us.
0: The government of the world. Okay, Okay. can someone tell me, where? what does he mean the government is on us? The government is on our shoulders? Like, I, how is the government on our shoulders? We carry the government? Now, I'm assuming this has something to do with, like, some kind of dominion theology? Is this kind of like the seven mountain mandate kind of stuff? Like, what? what 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 is going on here the the, sh- the government is on our sh- well first of all i'm just utterly shocked that he's taking isaiah 9 6 and making it about us i mean i i constantly claim that christians make every verse about them but this is like this is the example of examples of examples this is like full-blown insanity but where where the government is upon our shoulders okay and then all right now let's listen to the rest of this
2: girl is on mankind And because we're made in God's image and in God's likeness, you can call us wonderful, counselor, mighty
0: God, Christ in us, the everlasting He just said we can can call ourselves mighty God. Uh, All right. He says, because we've been a a given. I think this is going beyond the seven mountains into literal dominion, almost in a supernatural way. Okay, so this... This is going crazy. He just, we can refer to ourselves as mighty God because God is in us. So now I can refer to myself as mighty God. Oh, this, this, I, I, I could listen to this all day and I am never, never going to believe what I am hearing. I am, I could listen to this for the next hour and I am, I, I, I almost want to put this on a loop and just say, for the next 24 hours, I'm going to be broadcasting live, and I'm just going to be playing this over and over and over going, this is what's happened to Christianity, ladies and gentlemen. I do, I do not know, I'm telling you, 1900, the birth of the charismatic movement was the worst thing that has ever happened to the church in the entire history of Christianity. The charismatic movement is the worst thing that has ever happened to Christianity in its entire history. I would, you say, some say Roman Catholicism. I put the charismatic church as far more evil than the Catholic church any day of the week. And you may disagree. That's how much I despise. This is insanity. This is just total, utter insanity
2: us, Isaiah 9 verse 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Yet the book of Ephesians Chapter 5, verse 1 says, be ye therefore imitators of God as dear children. so when I look at Isaiah 9, 6, where is the government now? It's on us. The government of the world is on mankind. And because we're made in God's image and in God's likeness, you can call us wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God, Christ in us. The everlasting father,
0: the prince of peace. We can call ourselves the everlasting father. We can call ourselves the prince of peace. Wow.
2: Mm, Okay. That's what it means to be the gift that Jesus gave to you. So when you are a gift of God, it gives you the ability to act like God. Amen. People get irritated.
0: Wow. Because I'm the gift of God. Now, of course, I've already showed you scriptures where the father gives us to the son, but the, he's turned it around. The son gives us to the father. But now he is claiming because I'm the gift of God, I can now act like God or, or basically be like God or... I'm. I mean, I don't think it's too far to say he's basically saying we can be God. I I, I mean, I don't I think that that's pretty accurate. Maybe I'm not being fair. Back this up just a little bit. Uh, It gives you the ability to act like God.
2: People get irritated when we act like God. But if we don't, then we're acting like somebody else. You see what I'm saying? Be you therefore imitators of God as dear children. So when you understand that, that's why I live here on earth like I'd be in heaven. I truly am living the Our Father prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done where? On earth. As it is where? In so when you go to heaven, are there is there any debt? Is there any jealousy? Is no. there any envy? No. Is there any strife? No. Is there any age? No. Oh, Jesus. So how come I cannot live here Because I am a gift that Jesus gave to his father, like when I get there physically. You see what I'm saying? That's what it means to be an imitator of God. Jesus did not come so we could know about the father. Jesus came that we might know the father. You see, my daughter Jody doesn't know about me. She knows me. The Father God doesn't know about me. He knows me. And I don't know about him. I know him. And since I know in whom I have believed, I'm persuaded that I am a gift of God to the Father. My Lord. Maybe I ought to preach more partners. When you understand. As a gift to God, you must be love in action. Joy in action. Peace in action. That's what the Christmas spirit is love in action, joy in action, peace in action. I'm not telling you to write these things down. If you'd have been a partner, you'd have got the letter. See, that's the Christmas spirit. If you notice, people are a lot nicer around the Christmas. You see them walking around the mall before they would just walk by one sitting and just look at you and smile. Merry Christmas. Some don't really know what they say. They'll say, happy holiday. This is more than a holiday. This is a living reality. So it's amazing how people totally react. Why? Because that's love in action. That's joy in action. That's peace in action. That's acting like God because you are God's gift that Jesus gave to him. See, we must follow the word as this, as this gift, not, not misguided opinions of it. We must follow the word as this gift, not misguided opinions of people who don't know the word or accept the word or obey the word. You see, people that are against prosperity don't know the word. Don't shout me down. Cause what are you going to do when you get to heaven and you're going to have to go in a mansion? Oh, my God. Where's my trailer? The FEMA people will be able to be in heaven, but not FEMA trailers.
0: Wow, man. I. Basically, we can be God. Basically, we can just do. I mean, I, I guess we can be wholly perfect. I mean, perfect is perfection seems to be just the norm here. And I, and then he just turned heaven into the most materialistic thing in the world that it's an actual mansion instead of dwelling places. that's a whole complete uh, mess uh, with the gospel of John as um, it chapter 14 I believe it's chapter 14 don't don't let me uh, yes uh, John 14 King James uses the word mansions it's just dwelling places. he's turning into a materialistic thing, but okay. Because in my father's house, yeah. yes, yeah. In my father's house are many dwelling places in heaven. There's many dwelling places, but okay. And I go to prepare a place, not that he's going to heaven to work on it, but he's going to the cross because that's how he prepares the place for us. But okay. Do you see what I'm saying? See, so people have misguided opinions
2: about the word when they should be believing the word, but they don't. Obeying the word, but they don't, my God, are accepting the word. So Jesus said, by stripes you were healed. But I am sick. I'm not denying that you're sick. I'm not denying that you feel bad. What I'm denying is it's right to affect me. Now, if you want to go to heaven, you can die heavy. Because death and life is in the power of the tongue. Or you might want to hang around for the rapture. Because did Jesus say in St. John 14, verses 12, 13 and 14, where he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do, shall he do also? And greater than these shall he do, because I go to my Father? Then he said, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son and then that wonderful last verse, if you shall ask anything in my name, is the rapture a thing? Is the rapture a journey? I will do it. Not hoping it's going to work and maybe so and shoot the dice. That's the gospel casino. That's where the church has learned its misguided opinions. Think about that for a minute. Every day should be a celebration of Jesus in our life. People get mad at me because I have joy in action. What are you doing celebrating me? The gift that Jesus gave his father. Kathy gave me a wonderful gift. Her name was Jody. That's the best gift I ever got in my life physically here with my daughter Jody. Then Jody acted just like her mama <laughs> and gave me another gift, a grandchild. Amen. Hmm. And you can't tell me Jody's not my gift. You can't tell me that Meredith is not my gift. And you can't tell me I am not the gift to the father Amen. given by Jesus Christ himself. Do you see that? So think about that for a minute. Every day should be a celebration of Jesus in our life. You see, your mindset should always be to keep the faith. That is making the will of the Father our priority. See, the reason why I do what I do is I keep the faith. I could not operate this ministry, Glenn, unless I kept the faith. We spend too much money every day the millions and millions and millions of dollars that goes through this million. Not million, not five million, not 10 million, not 15 million, not 20 million. I'm talking millions and millions of dollars going out to preach this gospel. And watch this. This gift is free. That's why I don't charge when I go preach the gospel. I will receive an offering because people want to give, but it's not to meet. My, the expenses, I do that myself because, see, it's a gift. I mean, wouldn't it be kind of odd if someone walked up to y- y'all and said, I want to give you a gift, and uh, it's $139.
0: So can you? Uh... Hey, if he doesn't charge, I, 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 hey, I, I admire that. Only problem is he's not preaching the gospel. I don't know what it's and it's sad that sometimes those who preach the false teaching are the ones who say, I'm not gonna charge. And it's the one who supposedly have the truth who are like, you can't get into my conference unless you pay 200 dollars Right. So like I I I, you know, that that's disturbing. But he he came. I thought he was gonna get he came very close. It almost made it sound like that you like. You can get sick, but it shouldn't affect you because basically you should be healed. And it—it he, it, it sounded like he was almost about to say that you either can just choose to die or you can choose to be here till the rapture because you can ask the Father anything and He will do it. Well, if I could just ask the Father never to die, like then why has no Christian ever pulled that off? Like I'd I, like I, that's just it, it seemed weird where he was going with it. I thought he was going to come back to it, but he kind of moved on. He didn't really flesh it out, but it was going like, hey. You're healed. So you get sick, but it shouldn't bother you. And you can either die happy or you can be here till the rapture. Well, and then he goes into, if you ask the father anything, he will do it. Well, whoa, wait a minute. Are you saying I can just say, father, I don't want to die and I won't die? Like that, that's news to me. Yeah, but how are you going to make a living?
2: By giving. Your job, all your job does is help you so seed. That's it. When you make a living, you know, because you live in an economic world, but when you make a given, God will pay you more than anyone can ever pay you. And he'll do it if you don't quit, if you don't take your bow off. So I'm not worthy, Lord. I ain't worthy, Lord. It ain't it. You just unwrapped your bow. My God. You let the devil tear up your wrapping. Mm, mm, mm. See, your mindset should always be to keep the faith. That is making the will of the Father our priority. That's why Paul said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. And I kept the faith. Now, he's walking to a chopping block. That don't make no difference to him because he says later on, I, uh, I'm going to receive a crown of righteousness. Well, you can't have a crown if you don't have a head. They couldn't take the head that he had. Now, watch this. The head physically that they cut off, that's coming back too. Poor yeah. Satan messed up royally when he crucified Jesus. He even said it with his own words, if I'd have known, I'd have never crucified. He never thought that Jesus would make us a gift to the Father. Mm. Since we are the gift Jesus gave to his Father, our connections to God has all the answers and everything we need to make all things right. You know, when Jesus made us a gift to the Father, He gave us a spiritual connection. That's right. We actually have a connection with God Think Almighty. Think about that. Come boldly to the throne of grace. That's as good as it gets. Uh-huh. Because you see, we are the we have the DNA of God
1: the I Father love that. in our lives. So good, isn't that a
2: blessing of the Lord? Think about that. When you are a gift of God, it gives you the ability to, to act like
0: God. Now, people get mad when we say that. Yes, you. You have the ability to act like God. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he said that Satan crucified Jesus. So in other words, it wasn't a part of God's divine plan and Satan messed up. And then I guess Satan then had all of these words that I don't have any record of him ever saying. And now I have the ability to be like God. So I have the, I have literally, he just said, I have the ability basically to be, in other words, all Christians should be sinless. This is crazy. I, I, I guess that's the end of the sermon. I'm going to go see. It's got nine minutes left. So I, I, I'm a, I'm a having a, I, I feel that what's about to happen is it's getting ready to turn into a, hey, give us some money thing. We'll, maybe I'm wrong, but we will see. You can act like God because you're his child.
1: The word calls us to be imitators of Christ as dear children.
2: That's right. And not as a dear adult. We're not God's adults. We're God's children. When you know you are Jesus' gift, you act differently. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you see, Jesus always gives good gifts. That's right. So we are a rarity. Mm. We really are. I'm not saying that we're better than anybody else, but we are a rarity because we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. So when you look into the mirror, see the gift from Jesus instead of saying, Oh, I tell you what, I'm getting old, or, or I'm fat, or I'm skinny. No, no, you a gift that Jesus presented to His heavenly yeah, Father. Yeah, you
1: know, Jesse, when you give someone a gift, you want them to take the time to look at it and appreciate it That's and right. show you that it really is. Upsets you when you, someone gives you a gift and you, when you give someone a gift and they just toss it aside. That's right. That's true. So we need to value the gift that God has oh, made in us. This. Recognize it because we're, it's because of Jesus that we're See,
2: yeah. here. That's why I wore that boat in the sermon. <laughs> that, that I'm a gift you of the Lord. You shocked
1: everybody when you came know, out with I know. came
2: but. out. They didn't. Nobody knew I was going to do that in the TV or the church. I said, "Get me a, get me a big red boat. and I did it. And the reason for it because we are a gift. And we will, Jesus knew us, actually the Father knew us before we were formed in, in our mother's womb. And he sees us as Ooh. precious.
1: And we need to yes. see ourselves that way.
2: Do you oh, see me as precious?
1: I do. Praise
2: God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, I got to get it when I can. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so many believers don't realize that they're Jesus' gifts. You always hear people saying, I, I, you know, I'm not much of nothing. Let me tell you something. Out 7.8 billion people, God chose you. That's pretty good. That's
1: good. And, you know, if we spend time thinking about God and talking to him, he's going to always tell us good things. All he's going to always be an encourager and helper. Even if we're messing up, he'll say it in a loving, kind way to and lead this, us and guide us into all truth.
2: That's what it's all about. So I want to pray for you right now. Father, in Jesus' yes, name, Lord. I ask you to bless people during this holiday season. God, I'm going to keep my eyes open so I can just look at yes, them. Lord. Father, I ask you to minister to them spiritually, physically, and financially, yes. every area of their life. And let them know, Lord, that you think good of them, that you find no Thank Thank fault you, in them that's father right. i thank you for it i believe you for it yes. and i call it done in the mighty name of jesus so next time you look at yourself which is right now just <laughs> say wait a minute man jesus must have thought i was something that he would give me to his father yeah you know when you want to give something to your parents you want to give them something nice that's right it just it just works that way mm-hmm. you know in fact when we when we open up gifts that i have my daughter jody we have one daughter one granddaughter and one son-in-law, praise God. And to make a long story short, Jody's just always trying to make us as happy as, as, the, as she can, you know. And what it is, is really not the gift she's giving it; It it's, is her yeah. and the family. Yeah. Stay right there. Me and Kathy will be back in just a minute to speak another word. Remember, you are Jesus'
0: gift. I don't know what to say. So I'm going to wrap it up this way. We will come back and read the articles in another episode. Uh, maybe later today, because I want to wrap all of this up soon, but here's what I would challenge everyone to do. All right. Number one, I would challenge you to start in Matthew, Go to Revelation. I know I, I gave you something to do about the personality of the Holy Spirit already, and to today's focus. So you're going to be going through the New Testament t- twice today. But if you if you're going to participate in any of this, remember you're supposed to go from Matthew to Revelation, looking at how the Holy Spirit is described as a person, the personality of the Holy Spirit, because we just looked at an article where they denied that they say the Christians made that up. So I, I challenge you to do that. But for this, I want you to go through, and I went and I, I well. Really, Really, all you really need to do, I guess you could go through. This would, this one should not take long. But I want you to go through and determine: does the does the Bible say the Father gave us to the Son, or does it say the Son gives us to the Father? I want you to look because I can tell, guarantee you, in the Gospel of John and a number of places, it says the Father gave us to the Son. So I want us to just establish the biblical teaching there. And and if you do this, I would really love to see what you find. Does which is it? Father giving us to the Son or the Son giving us to the Father? That's number one. Number two, I want you to utterly real. I want you to just think, think, think of the possible horrific implications that he is claiming that Isaiah nine six is about us. That is just horrible, horrible. And, and and I want you to just think about that. And number three, I want you to think about the implications that he's claiming, that because we're the gift that the Son has given to the Father, we can act just like God. What is the implications of that? That means that we can literally be perfect. I mean, I'm, Christianity constantly basically wants to teach that we can be perfect. Christianity seems to have no understanding that we will continue to sin and thought, word, and deed our entire life. Christianity just seems, inca- it's like Jesus did not come to declare us holy, but he came to make us holy practically, and we can be perfect. That's literally the, go- the gospel is no longer God came to save us by grace through faith in Christ, apart from works, but no, Jesus came to make us holy live a certain way, and that basically is perfection. And whenever sin happens, Christianity doesn't know how to deal with it because of this teaching. All right, what a crazy, no wonder there's news articles written about this sermon. No wonder there's, because, I mean, I think anyone was like, wait, Isaiah 9-6 just became a verse about us? That was the most shocking part of that sermon. I don't even know what to say or do other than I'm just going to leave it there. And then I'm gonna look at everyone's reactions to all of this and we'll see what we need to do. But I'm very curious. He never quoted one verse that says that the 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 son gives us to the father. And he completely did not read the verses that say the father gives us to the son. He didn't even deal with it. I mean, because the sermon wasn't based on any text of scripture. He only he only made references to scripture, but primarily was made up of his own just made up vision idea made up story it, it was literally crazy but all right i'll stop right there i don't even know what to say you can email me news if at yahoo.com news at yahoo.com news at yahoo.com i want to thank the person who was offering comments because they uh they know far more about this than i do and so they were very helpful and uh wow i've I mean, look, I I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to say. Just newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Well, we've talked about, I've done my discussion. Now I want to hear what you have to say. So start sending and let me know or start discussing in the Discord channel. Thanks for listening. God bless.